Well, hello, greetings. Welcome to the Heather Bonham Show. This is Heather, and I'm here with episode 132. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. It's nice to get back into a bit of a podcasting routine. Um, You would think that this is a back-to-school episode because it is end of August, and we're headed back to school actually this week, but... It is not. It is not a back-to-school episode because on episode 132, we're going to talk about something I think is really important um, for all of us, but especially lately in my life, I've, I've been seeing something that people are lacking, something that I have had to realize over time, and that is how to draw a line in the sand how to draw a line in the sand. So that'll be the topic of today's episode. And I have three key parts of drawing a line in the sand. But before we talk about that, I wanted to just give you a couple of quick updates. Um, So in the show notes, I will have a link that takes you directly to a landing page. I am starting to work one-on-one and potentially get a small group together, a creative cohort for fall into winter of 2023. So if you are interested in additional support in how to balance the life, the career, and the creativity so that you can get out your next big thing, your next project, contact me on that landing page and you'll be on the mailing list and then you can find out more. So if we're talking about how to draw a line in the sand, you might be wondering, well, why do I need to do that? What are we even what are we even talking about? In what circumstances will we need to draw a line in the sand? And I think that some of us, due to trying to keep the peace and smooth things over a lot in life, we've become a society that doesn't ever want to take a stand for fear of someone not liking us. Yeah, that's people-pleasing right there. Um, For fear of not being able to go back once we, you know, take a step or make a decision that is going to change our lives and require something of us. Now, I'm not talking about taking stands. Let me just throw this out there. It's, It's not, I'm not talking about politically. I'm not talking about Um, in ideology. I'm talking about in our decisions and our everyday behavior. So sometimes I think we like to leave all of our options open and we don't want to take a stand and draw that line in the sand and say, I'm not going back to wherever I was because once we do that, if we have integrity to ourselves, then we have to act on it and and we have to do something different. And it requires something of us. And so I've seen a lot of talk, not just from other people, but from myself about, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to lose weight. I want to get out of debt. I want to improve my relationships and all of those things are really important to long-term happiness and success. But to get those things and to make progress in those areas, which I don't know if we ever arrive, I think we make progress. 
there's always more to do. Um, but to get there, it requires decisions. And sometimes we just don't, we don't want to give up where we are. It's like, I want to be on vacation, but I don't know. I don't want to leave home. I want to move somewhere, but I also want to stay here. And you can't, you can't do both. You know, it's sitting at the stoplight, revving your engine and spinning your tires, but not going anywhere. Not successful. It'll just exhaust you and wear you out. Going back to something I say every once in a while here on the podcast, that Dr. Phil old saying, uh, now it's an old saying, how's that working for you? If it's not working for you, then it isn't working. Self-explanatory. If it's not working, it's not working. Do something different. So for me, even those three examples that I just gave, finances, relationships, diet, nutrition, health, those things require changes in behavior to improve. They don't magically improve on their own. They just don't. One of the things that I realized looking around at colleagues and and thinking about the education industry specifically, the education field, is that one important factor in success is delayed gratification. Because to get anywhere as an educator requires a lot of, of school. It requires school to do school right? Um, And I'm taking a little bit of notes here while I write, even though I I have notes, I'm taking notes. Um, In New York, where I have my teaching licenses and my administrator license licenses, um, it requires a lot of schooling. It requires, and people may not know this, you cannot teach long-term without a master's degree. Not all states are like that. Uh, In New York, you can get your initial teaching license, your first teaching license with a bachelor's degree, but within five years, there's a master's requirement. And so people who, and I'm not talking about substitutes or people who have other roles necessarily in the building, but people who teach end up having to get and pay for And spend the time and the effort to get that master's degree. And it's daunting. It's a lot of work. And then a lot of people go beyond that. To get an administrator's license requires an additional good amount of school. For me, it was a year and, let me think, um, almost a year and a half. Almost a year and a half. So that was an additional, and I didn't get that master's, I got a certification, but it was still almost, it would have been two more classes and I would have had another master's degree, which I didn't need. I already have two. Uh, I have one in family therapy and I have one in special education. So all of that to say that it requires a lot of planning and determination and just plain old delayed gratification, plain old, you know, you have the goal, you keep your eye on the prize And you have to give up some things. You have to give up some evenings and some weekends and some fun time because you have work to do and you you have a goal. 
So looking around at the people I work most closely with now, who are mostly administrators, I see the amount of work that they've put in to get to a higher level in, in their career. And that is what, that's what's made me really thinking lately, made me think lately about that drawing a line in the sand and making decisions and then just not giving up. And that is not necessarily anything specific with education. There are many fields. I was talking to a colleague whose husband had gone back to school and they have small children. Um, He had gone back to school to go into nursing, to change careers. And the last time I had seen her, he was in the process. And now, since I just recently caught up with her, He's done, he has a job, and is very glad, I think, that he, that he did it. But not easy, not easy at all. So when we want things, we have to make the decision, what, what does it cost? There's always a cost. And then am I willing to delay my gratification and tough it out? Drawing a line in the sand, to me, is... A big part of the process. That's where you think about something, you you find there's a lack, there's a need, there's some kind of, um, there's something in your life that isn't the way you want it to be. So there's an awareness. So there's this awareness and then you say, well, what what do I do? Now what? I'm aware of the fact, like I said, those, those kind of three big ones stood out to me because these are things a lot of people deal with and things that I've dealt with. I want my finances to be in a better place. I want my relationships to be in a better place. I want my health and my diet to be in a better place. So we're aware we start doing some research. This is where a lot of us get stuck because we just research forever or we look at options forever or we Google or we buy books or we talk to people about it, but we get stuck. Analysis paralysis and perfectionism, which I've talked a lot about this year on the podcast, busting perfectionism because it will hold you back. It's just, it will, it will hold you back. It will keep you stuck because you're afraid to mess up. So you just don't do anything. That is speaking from personal experience because I used to really have a big problem with perfectionism. And in the last couple of years, I've come a very, very long way. But like I said, with a lot of these things, we don't ever reach the pinnacle. We're kind of always working on it. Some, some of us, when we have issues, you know, just personality issues and we know, okay, that's one of my things, maybe we don't ever completely get where we think you know, where we think we want to be. Um, but we, we can improve a lot. And maybe there will be a day where I say, gosh, I don't, I never struggle with perfectionism. I don't know, that day's not here yet. But I have majorly improved. And so when we, we recognize there's an issue, we figure out what to do about it. And then we have to draw a line in the sand. And we say, all right, now I'm going to, to make a change. So These are the three steps, I think, in terms of drawing a line in the sand. Number one, I am making a change. 
that is hard and fast. It's no longer, I, I don't like this thing in my life. It's no longer, I should really make a change because the should, that's where a lot of us get stuck. We get stuck on it. We get stuck on the should. I should make a change. I should, you know, I should, I should cut sugar out of my diet. Oh, I really, I should pay that credit card bill down. I should carve out more time with my spouse. I should, um, I should text the kids, but for whatever reason, you know, we get stuck. But then that step one in drawing a line in the sand is I am going to make a change. I am making a change. And yes, even after you say that you can go back on it if you've made the wrong decision, but the problem is a lot of us, again, myself included, we tend to, we, we try to make a decision, but like one foot is still across the line. One, one foot's where we were and one foot is like on the decision. So it's, this has to be, you step both feet over the line. I am making a change. And then the second step is I am making a change now. And in a lot of productivity seminars and self-help books, they talk about your why. What's your why? And you have to have a why that's strong enough, a reason, that's strong enough to make you feel like this has to happen now. It can't wait. For some of us, that takes some circumstance. Something happens. Either you needed, you needed something and you couldn't pay for it, right? And then you're like, I have to make a change. I have to get these finances in order. Or you had a really bad fight with your spouse and, oh, we've got stuff to work on. I, I need to make a change. Or you go to the doctor and they weigh you and you're like, oh, I, gosh, I haven't weighed myself for six months or a year, but I didn't realize that the weight crept up. Whatever that thing is, you know, whatever that thing is, sometimes it is external because it's a little bit of a wake-up call. Not necessarily a rock bottom. It could be a rock bottom. Um, and sometimes those are really necessary to make big changes. But a lot of times for smaller changes, it's just something that happens that it hits you. And you think, okay, I knew... I should make a change. And I was even to the point of almost committing to making that change, but now I have to make the change right now. It has to happen. So that's, you, you create and you cultivate your why. And if you don't have it, do some journaling. Do some journaling about why you really think this needs to happen and it needs to happen right now. And, and this is... Again, things that, things that are in all any kind of self help book stuff you can you know watch on YouTube. Tony Robbins talks about this, um, but you have to really to look at the benefits and the consequences of what if I do make this change, but what if I don't? So once you solidify that, and it really has to be now, then you can get started. And sometimes 
by the way, these, these steps that I'm going to talk about, sometimes these all happen concurrently and within 10 minutes. Sometimes it's going to take a few days to get through these steps and figure out what do I need to do and, and why is it so vital that I must do this thing now. If it's just something that is nebulous and isn't really a priority to you, that's going to become clear. And like I said, if you do make a decision and you, and you jump in with both feet, but it becomes clear and apparent to you that this isn't right, it's not the right decision, you'll know and you can always make another change. You can make a change and make another change. Sometimes, you know, exterior circumstances necessitate a change that you just didn't anticipate. For example, financial. You make a financial decision that you're going to pay down your a card. You, you have one card that just, you want to be able to use it. You can, it's, it's maxed out. Okay. That's an example. So you decide you're going to pay that down. You jump in, you're very committed to it, but something major happens in life. You, you know, a relative needs you is sick. You have to get that, that plane ticket and you need to put that on the card immediately. That then can override your decision and your progress. It happens. But without a plan and without a goal, you're never going to get that thing paid off. It's just going to it's just going to bother you every month. That's going to bother you. So, you make the decision and then you you have to understand that life happens. The third part of this is recognizing I can only change myself. I am the only one who can change my behavior. I am the only one in my head. I'm the only one who can work on my thoughts and thoughts lead to behavior. So your belief system, what you've cultivated in the, the garden, in the fields of your own thoughts, your, your beliefs and what you think about controls your behavior and as that's happening changes happen in your life but you have to accept that you cannot change the other people in your life for example when it comes to what you're eating you may make a decision I'm I'm giving up sugar I'm doing this or that I'm you know doing one of the popular diet plans that's out there, that does not mean that the rest of your family, that your spouse, that your loved ones, that your friends want to do this. I was watching a video. There's a YouTube channel called Low Carb Love. And she's been on YouTube for a while and has a lot of videos out. And she just published a video that was talking about why she's switching from keto, which she has done for about five years, back to low carb, but not keto. It was very interesting. And one of the things that she talked about was that although she felt it was effective and she, it, it's been a good part of her health journey, she also said, and she's a mom, and she said, you know, 
it's just really hard with my family and friends when I'm so strict about my eating. And that was a a part of what she just, for her, that was the social aspect of it and the family aspect of it was difficult. And I thought, you know, that's just really true. And it's something that I think a lot of experts or so-called experts are not forthcoming about. They aren't willing to get out there and say, hey, I have this plan and it's great and you should follow it and buy my books and drink my shakes and watch my videos and whatever. But they don't talk about the fact that there is always a price to pay. And sometimes the other people in our lives are a very important part of it. So once you make a decision and draw a line in the sand and say, I need to do something and I need to do it now, that does not mean that everyone else in your life, the stars do not need to realign themselves because of you. When you've made a a spending decision, that doesn't mean that your spouse is in agreement with that. You, you're going to have to work about on it. You're going to have to talk it through. And, you know, you may, you may need to think of some creative ways that these things can come about without causing friction with the loved ones. There have been times in our family where when the, when the kids were just a bit younger, but high school age, when out of five of us, two of us were vegetarians. My daughters were vegetarians, um, vegan for a while, both of them, and have gone through kind of different phases of being vegetarians and pescatarians and, you know, vegan and not and all those things. And, and I was supportive and I would cook foods that would work for them, but they also knew I do not want it. I, I, you're not going to tell everybody else how to eat. No one wants to be criticized. Don't make comments at the dinner table about, oh, you're eating meat. How could you eat meat? You know, we're not doing that. We're not slamming each other. No one is being rude. I will make it work. And I did. And I really, it wasn't that hard. There were times that I'll give an example, a simple example. I'm making spaghetti with meat sauce. But I will also make a small pan of plain sauce. So those of you who want meat, it's this pan. Those of you who don't, it's this other pan. We're making, um, you know, a, a stew. I would make a stew in the crock pot and I had another small crock pot. One stew might be a mushroom vegetable stew and one would be, be beef stew. I did that and I was accommodating because I wanted to support what they wanted to eat and what they felt was right ethically and also health-wise. And that worked, but it does take conversations. You are not making, you can change yourself, but you're not making decisions for everyone else. Now, that is, it is hard when some of those things are become ethical issues, but it's important, especially when you love people. People have to come before um, before our opinions and our, even the things that we want, our goals, people have to be more important. And so you have to work that out. 
I can only change myself, meaning I can't change other people, but also I'm the only one who can change myself. So that kind of has a double meaning um, because not only can I only change myself and not others, but I'm the only one who can change me, meaning that I have to have the ultimate responsibility. Ray Edwards talks about, and I've said this on on the podcast several times, that everything is my fault. He says, he says, everything is my fault. He is a copywriter. He has a writing program to teach people to copyright. He had a conference that I went to in um, 2019, which was fantastic. And then we had the pandemic. Um, was it 2018 or 2019? Ah, I've lost track. It was, but it was great. I believe it was 2019. Um, it was great. But he really talks about, he, had, he struggles with Parkinson's disease. Um, so he's been dealing with that for a number of years. And he says, everything is my fault. But he doesn't mean it in a negative way. It means everything's my responsibility. So other people can't change me. They really can't. They can talk to me. They can say things. I can glean information from people who I, who I believe, who I've chosen to listen to. You got you to gotta choose. A lot of people want in your head. I mean, this is a podcast. I, I want to tell you things. Marketing wants to, t- they want to tell you things. They want to sell you things. Television. All the media, all the media, they want to tell you things. You have to decide who, who you're going to let in your head, who you're going to listen to. But ultimately, they can't change you because everything is your responsibility because it's you. And so other people can't change you and you can't change them. And that's good. That is good. We are meant to be independent and we're meant to think. We make a lot of decisions in conjunction with others, especially if you're in a marriage, you make decisions in conjunction with others that doesn't completely uh, negate your independence. And I think that's something I really had to learn. And and I, it's partly a cultural thing. It's partly, um, it's partly from the time and place where I grew up. And it's partly from getting married young that I think I had to be reminded or remind myself that two separate people are in a a relationship, in a marriage, but are still two separate people even though they're joined. And that's, you're just not going to agree on everything. And if you... If you think you are, and you think that you will always agree on everything big and small, you're just setting yourself up for frustration. You're setting yourself up for possibly not even having the relationship work because you're determined that it quote unquote is supposed to be that way, that you're supposed to think the same and agree on things. And, And then sometimes something will come up in life later on And you think, oh, well, I didn't know we disagreed about that. I didn't know that we weren't, you know, completely on the same page. Oh, what a shock. 
but that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And that will happen with your kids and that will happen with your friends. That's just part of part of life, part of being individuals. And so you have to accept that. I, that's again, number three is I can only change myself, but the flip side of that is only I can change myself. So, um, back to a recap, I'm going to go over these three things again, how to draw a line in the sand. So number one, I am making a change. Number two, I am making a change now. And number three, I can only change myself. So your homework, if you choose, kind of like your mission, if you choose to accept it, your homework, if you choose to accept it, is to look at one or two areas, not 20, one or two, one or two areas where you feel like something's been bothering you. Something's, it's been an annoyance or it's in the back of your mind and it's just kind of been, kind of been bothering you. What is it? Identify it and, and spend 15 minutes, put a timer for 15 minutes, go on YouTube and get a timer or just Google. If you just go to Google and you put in the search bar timer, Google just has a a timer or of course your phone. Um, Spend 15 minutes journal and just go through these three steps. I think that you'll find it useful. You'll find it productive. And this overarching theme, one of the things I've been talking about a lot this year in the podcast and thinking about in life is getting unstuck, getting unstuck creatively, getting unstuck from perfectionism, just getting unstuck. And I think this will help you to move in the direction of getting unstuck. So right on time, right up to 30 minutes here, wrapping up episode 132, reminding you to take good care of yourself and those you love. Until next time. Bye.